What's up, everyone? It is Denise Salcedo. Welcome back to Instinct Culture. Today, I am very excited to introduce my guest. She is somebody that I've been wanting to interview for quite some time, and it's finally happening. She is the host of Green with Envy and Majorland Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for the hot mess, Chelsea Green. What's up, Chelsea? Thanks for having me. Yes, I love, you know, be, I didn't even realize you're wearing the green and you like the green with envy, Chelsea Green. I love it. You're on point. You're on brand. <laughs> I love it. So ridiculous. No, it's awesome. So Chelsea, it's funny because when I reached out to you for this interview, I kind of had an idea of where I wanted to go with this interview and what I wanted to talk to you about. But then as I was doing my research for this interview, I started going down this rabbit hole of listening to your podcast, <laughs> Green with Envy. And before I knew it, I was just like clicking on a bunch of episodes and listening to the conversation. And it was distracting me from trying to come up with questions. So congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations, because I got so into your podcast that it became like distracting for me to do the work. I loved it, well, though. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for listening that. I mean, I guess I'm doing my job then. Definitely. So that's kind of where I wanted to get started with. You know, you have this outlet where I kind of see it like a open diary where you're going out there and you're just talking about so many different things. What has it been like for you to have this podcast and have an outlet to talk about things? I mean, I, I didn't know, I knew I wanted to do a podcast, but I, I put it off for a while and I'm really kicking myself now because of course, whenever you start something, you wish you had to started it like a year or two ago. Right. And Matt had told me I should start one. And I really wanted to, I've always loved talking. Like everybody knows that I can, I'm a professional bullshitter in the sense that like I can totally talk to a wall. Um, and, and so when I finally got started, I just, I didn't know where I was going with it. Um, I didn't know the direction, but I knew I just wanted to be open. And I wanted people to know me like my friends know me and um, know the real me, like not this like version on the internet or the version that you think you know as a wrestling fan, because like that's so opposite. And I am totally to blame for also believing things that I've read or seen or perceptions of people on the internet and then I meet them I'm like oh well like why why did I why did I do that right like why did I judge a book by its cover so I really wanted to give people the opportunity to get to know me um on my terms and uh and I'm, I'm really really glad that I have started this podcast it has been kind of a weird up and down journey of listeners and viewers whatever I'm sure you totally get that um but either way every week is a little like 40 minute therapy session for myself. <laughs> Just I, me and only me. I was going to ask you that if you saw it sort of as like a place to kind of just like really like, I don't want to say like not lash out because you're not lashing out, but kind of just like let it all out and let out all your emotions. Because as I was listening to your podcast, like you, you went through like several topics, like you were talking about bullying, you were talking about cancel culture. And one of the things that I did want to touch on like briefly was you kind of made me not like, I kind of feel like my eyes opened up a little bit because you were talking about, you know, people piling on people on Twitter and sort of kind of being afraid of being like your own person. And that to me just felt like so relatable. So I do want to ask you, like when you're out here, you know, talking about all of these different subjects that it's not easy for people to talk about. Do you ever have like any sort of hesitation or do like, do you have you ever regretted anything you said on air? So, so far I haven't regretted it, but I will say, 
Um, Matt makes fun of me because he does his pot. He like totally goes like off the cuff, like just riffs it with him and Brian Myers and, and, and Mark Sterling. And I can't do that. It's just me. I'm not talking to anybody else. So I want to make sure that what I'm putting out there is clear and concise and I can't be canceled for it. It's very hard. Like in 2021, I never thought I would, I never thought I would be saying this, but I, so I write out my entire podcast. Um, Of course I go like off on one tangent and on another and stuff. But for the most part, what I want to say is written down. So it's basically like a diary entry. So I get therapy twice, once when I'm writing it and then once when I'm saying it. And um, yeah, I haven't said anything yet that I regret, uh, but it's, it's a thought and it's always in the back of my head. And that's like, it's just a really scary thing because, you know, that is your voice forever recorded and on the internet saying something and I I just always worry like gosh I hope that something I said doesn't come up in 20 years and I'm canceled for it in 20 years because that's also a thing now and that's true though but I feel like it is scary though and I do like your format because you know as a podcaster you kind of second guess some of the things that you're saying because like you said you never know if you're going to be canceled so I do want to ask you because you know uh, not just as a personality but as someone who is you know in the public eye that's one thing but on top of that it's like being a woman you kind of get criticized at a different level and for different things do you find that that that's a struggle for you where you're like trying to balance out like okay is this okay to post is this not okay to post do you know what's funny is that I was actually right before I came on here to talk to you thinking about the fact that like seven years ago when I started wrestling I got I got shamed kind of for like caring about my appearances I got shamed for wrestling and wanting to wear eyelashes or wanting to do my hair wanting to be girly or or kind of emulating the divas that I saw um, and, and I was so excited to get to WWE and to get to impact and all these companies so that I could be myself, which is, I mean, in real life, I'm, I'm not girly, but my, my character, I love to be girly when I get in the ring. I love the little outfits and like sparkle, the more, the, the better for me. Like I, I just love the divas era and the sparkles and glitz and glam. And so I was so excited to get on TV and to be embraced for being that type of woman and then I didn't and then the fans did this weird shift where they wanted real fighters or aggressive looking women or women that were different or wore baggy pants or do you know what I mean like this edgier girl and so it's been this really kind of like strange journey for me where I feel like I'm always looking for the fans acceptance And I thought I would have it by now, but I'm just like always looking for it. Like, come on, like me. I'm not an asshole. Like, or I'm not really girly or I'm not. And it's just, it's exhausting. So at the end of the day, what I put on social media is what I put on social media and I'm not backing down. You know, there are very few times where I'm going to say, oh, I'm sorry. Or, oh no, I shouldn't have posted that sexy photo. You know what? I'm going to post what I want. 
No, it's terrifying because that is true because, you know, they want, you know, the, the the people, you know, talking about like who they see on TV. Sometimes it's like, OK, the sex symbol type of girl. You're like, well, I can't relate to that. So, you know, I, I don't like that or whatever. But and then at the same time, it's like, OK, if that's what makes you comfortable, then that's what makes you comfortable. And there's, you know, all types of girls. You know, there's a you know, there's the girl next door. There's the bombshell. So it's like trying to please everyone is this like constant struggle. But obviously, you know. Um, my grandma has this saying that like, you know, we're not money. So not everyone's going to like us. We're not gold. So not everyone's going to like us. So exactly. Like you could be the juiciest peach, but not everybody yes. likes peaches. And, and I, I definitely understand that. I just think that like, I think with the podcast, it's a good, it's a good outlet to show people like that. I'm not this girly girl that I portray myself to be on TV. That's a character. That's the character I love. Um, and, and she's near and dear to my heart, but that's not me. I mean, you see me right now in, in no makeup and gym clothes. That's what I'm normally like in a baggy shirt, taking my dogs to the park and getting muddy. Like, you know, so you can't really judge people by this character that they play on TV. And I think that we do that a lot with women in Hollywood in general. And also like, you know, the pitting against each other and et cetera. And I'm sure you've already had your fair share of that. But I do want to say, because when I was listening to your show, one of my favorite things about it is that uh, you talk about things in a very real way where you're like even cursing and, you know, doing all of this. And one of the things that I hate, and I'm sure I don't know if you've gone through this, but I hate when like people write to you like, oh, because you're a girl, you can't curse and you can't say bad words. It is so frustrating and I gotta say it was refreshing to listen to you not talk that way but like talk in a way that it's like not like seen as obscene or anything like that you know and it's real like isn't that when you're talking to your girlfriends and you're worked up about something or you're excited about something like that's the way I talk I mean I talk like that to my parents not as much I'm pretty I like tone it down a little bit but they but you know I'm I'm just as open on that podcast my mom listens to it so I am open on that podcast and that is the way I am to everybody. And I am very proud of that. Awesome. What is the feedback that you've been getting from like viewers from listeners? Excuse me. People that tune in seem to like it to be fair on Twitter. I have my quality filters on, so I'm sure that people are saying nasty things and I don't see it anymore. And I'm also totally okay with that because at the end of the day, I did it for me. And so I have to keep doing it for me. Um, if I, you know, one, at one point, a couple weeks ago, I looked at the numbers and I saw how far it had dropped from the very first episode. And then I realized, but you know what, like I'm being me, I'm being real and I'm settling into the real me now. Um, the first couple episodes were just like trial and error. And I was the podcast version of myself and I was giving like tea and dirt and stuff. And I can't provide that weekly. I can only provide my real life weekly. So I feel, um, I feel good about everything now. No, I love it. And I feel like you got to stay true to yourself. So what your life is like, I I've been loving it. Like it's been pretty fascinating. So now I'm going to go ahead and switch gears because you know, you've been keeping very busy as somebody who keeps up with wrestling news. I'm always, you know, on the websites, reading the headlines, reading the stories. And one of the things that I've been seeing nonstop is Chelsea green and impact wrestling, Chelsea green and ring of honor, Chelsea green and NWA. I mean, it is just like so many different places. So you kind of have this newfound freedom what has it been like for you to go out there and work with all of these different promotions 
I mean, it's been a dream come true. I, when I got fired, that was my, my to-do list was NWA ring of honor and impact. I really wanted to work with Matt at impact. Um, of course, AEW as well. Um, but I really wanted to hit the places I hadn't been, which were NWA and ring of honor. And I was shocked when they all worked with me. I like felt so, I mean, special because I really don't think that there's many people out there that can say they've done that. If anybody, they can say that they are working for all these major promotions at one time. But that was something that I knew was going to set me apart from everybody else was being able to be everywhere. I think like for three weeks in a row, I was on TV with all three companies for three weeks in a row. Like, I don't know that anybody's ever actually been able to successfully do that. So, um, I mean, it just gives me a lot of confidence and hope for whatever 2022 brings. No, that's really cool. I, what would you say are like some of like the pros and cons though? Because I do think that there is a little bit of pros and cons of, you know, you know, having that freedom to go everywhere, but at the same time, it's like, do you think that there is any cons to that as well? I mean, I'm flying everywhere. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm not at home with my five animals. You know, I'm not spending that much time with Matt. And then when we are home together, I'm so tired. I don't want to go out on a date night. So that's like, you know, you, but of course, with every job, when you dive in that deep, um, you take away from something else, right? Like you can't have everything. So my time at home is limited. My time with my loved ones is limited, but I know it's for a short amount of time, especially being a woman in this industry. I cannot do this for the rest of my life. I am going to have a, a, a family at some point. So, and Matt knows that. So I'm just trying to go like all the way in for as long as I can until I figure out my next step. That sounds really, that sounds really like clear and concise. And I love that because you kind of have to do it all at once while you can. And I know that some people, you know, listening to this are like, well, you can have career and family and you, and you can, but it is, you know, being a woman, obviously you have different uh, priorities or things that you right. also have to take care of. Exactly. And, and I know everyone can do both because they're, you know, Mickey James is one of my friends and does it all, but that's not for me. And I'm also just trying 110% to focus on building kind of like the foundation for what is next, whatever that is, but whatever is next may not be wrestling. And so I need to be ready for that. So I need to go all like balls to the walls right now. That is incredible. So now, you know, I do want to talk a little bit about your release from WWE. And this is from an outsider's perspective. So like from an outsider's perspective, your time in WWE did look like a roller coaster of a ride. Now I'm sure you can confirm or deny that on your own. But in terms of like, do you think that you would have seen how everything played out now with WWE? Do you think you would have done things differently? I don't know that I could have done things differently, um, but I wish things went differently. I, I mean, I did what I did what I could. I worked really hard. Um, I, I made a lot of friends. I showed up to work when I didn't need to. Um, I pitched a million and one ideas. I did everything in the handbook, everything in the Wrestler 101 handbook for what to do to get on TV or to succeed. I did. And I mean, sometimes it just doesn't work out the way that, that you planned. And I was actually laughing with Diana today. We, um, we went for a workout and on the way home, I said to her, like, 
sometimes I just have to, sometimes I cry and sometimes I just have to laugh about the ridiculousness that was my WWE career. And the fact that when I do have kids, I'm going to kind of be like, yeah, mommy was kind of in WWE. Like daddy was really in WWE, but mommy was like a little, like a little bit, did a couple of cool things. Let me Google it for you. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's going to be this really weird thing. Um, but then again, like the door maybe is never closed. So who who knows what the future holds? And, you know, I never say never to going back somewhere that, I mean, was a dream of mine, you know, so. Well, that's the thing, too, is that, you know, for many people going to WWE, that's a validation of I made it. You're good enough. It's a validation of everything that you have been doing. We had AEW. That is true. And that's another thing that I spoke about with Deanna, you know, before we didn't have AEW, there was no light at the end of the tunnel uh, for this, like, mega superstardom or or tons of money or this or that it was just WWE so I will say it is so nice to have AEW to have somewhere for people to say no I might not want to go to WWE I might want to try Ring of Honor or Impact or NWA or AEW like all of these companies are thriving and I think that 2022 is gonna be probably the craziest year in pro wrestling. I think that we thought it was going to be the past couple years. I really think that 2022, all these companies are going to take off. And that's the thing, you know, we've been seeing this like war between WWE fans and AEW fans. And I'm kind of just like, do you not realize that if they didn't have a company, a promotion like AEW, so many talented people would not be, you know, either A, they might have a job, but they might not be being used or they would have a job or they wouldn't have a job exactly. So it's like, there is a place for that. So I know that you were on Busted Open Radio and you were talking about Ring of Honor and Impact and, you know, all of these different places. And you did mention that Ring of Honor is the place that you feel you can offer a lot to. Can you kind of uh, dive into a little bit more on what you meant about that? I just feel like it, it was weird when I went there. It it felt like home, even though I had never been there and I had so badly wanted to go there for years and I just wasn't able to. Um, yeah, it, it felt like I was going home. I felt like everyone was really, really welcoming, helpful, positive. Um, there was just this energy there that I, it's really, really hard to explain, but, um, every single person in the company has each other's back and that's big. You know, I don't necessarily think that it's the same at every other company. We're all trying to kind of clamor our way to the top, but I didn't, I really didn't feel that way at ring of honor. Um, and then of course, just them embracing me in this time. And, and when I, called them and said that I was injured. They still put me on the pay-per-view. They still let me cut a promo. They still trusted me and they have trusted me in the, in the months since then, all of those things just make me think maybe this is the place for me. You know, maybe they respect me and the work that I've put in, um, and the work that I can put in at ring of honor to help the division and elevate the division and stuff. Um, and uh, not only that, but I really love working with Maria Canellis. Um, she's kind of helping run the women's division. And I worked with her. I worked very closely with her at Impact. She taught me so much then. So I can only imagine working with her again for a longer period of time or, or a little bit closer 
the amount of things I can learn. I really, really think that Maria is so underrated. I don't even know if underrated is the right word because the people who know, know. Like she is so good at what she does. Um, and I just want to keep learning from her. So, I mean, who knows what I'll do, but I just really feel, I feel good vibes coming from Ring of Honor. And she feels like Maria, like based on what I've seen and I've had like a short interview with her, she seems very passionate too about moving women's wrestling forward in a new direction. And we've seen, you know, you know, different, different companies handle women's wrestling and their women's division a lot differently. Everybody kind of has their like pros and their cons and all of that. So I do want to ask you because a division that, well, everyone's saying, you know, AEW is doing really great in in a lot of different things. One of their criticisms has has been that women's division and it's taken them a while to get to where they are now you know with Britt Baker as champion and you know having some challengers with her you know uh, for her excuse me and you know having Ruby Soho and all of that but as a person who watches every week I do think that they still need a lot of support uh in that women's division especially from women that are a little bit more established and can really go in the ring so obviously that brings me to you uh Chelsea Green I do want to know like I personally think that you can bring a lot to the AEW women's roster. Have you had conversations with Tony Khan just yet? No, I've never had conversations with Tony. Um, I mean, of course I was on all in. So I have a relationship with Cody, the Bucks. Um, So, I mean, hopefully in the future, that's a conversation we can have. I will say that I was so set on when I left uh, WWE going and doing NWA and and Ring of Honor. And I think everyone kind of knew that Slammiversary was right around that time that my 90 day would be up. So I have been so busy with that. But I mean, of course, like I would be crazy to say that I didn't want to be a part of the AEW locker room be with one of my good friends, Britt, obviously. I've also got so many other girlfriends there. I mean, Allie is amazing. Penelope is awesome. There's so many good girls there. And then, of course, they've just got so many talent that I've never touched, like Jamie Hayter and Sheeta and Chris Statlander, and I have only worked once, so that would be amazing. And Ruby and I have, I think we got in the ring for about two or three minutes, maybe, one day that's, that's it kind of insane when you think about it though yes like there are so many girls that I would love to get in the ring with at AEW I think the time just has to be right um and the time has been my time has been so focused on those other companies so maybe in 2022 And you mentioned 2022, you think it's going to be a crazy year in wrestling. So maybe I think that would be really, really awesome. Uh, So now I do want to ask you, because I mentioned briefly that, you know, every every company is doing their own thing with their women's division, et cetera. But as a woman who's in the trenches and you know what's going on behind the scenes, what do you think needs to be done to kind of keep moving the women forward? What changes would you like to see? Or do you already think all that can be done is being done? I think we don't even know what can be done. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we put this ceiling above us and then we keep smashing it and smashing it and smashing it. So I really think that we can't put any limitations on what we're going to do. I mean, it's, it's also hard to just like poof, think of something because now we've main evented WrestleMania. Now Britt Baker has main evented, you know, 
uh, dynamites and rampages. And now, uh, like, we've done all these all women's pay-per-views. So all the things that might have been on my list have now totally been X'd off. And not only that, but, like, I should crumple that paper up and burn it because we're so far down the line. Um, I just think that we need to keep doing what we're doing and giving women a little more time, a little better places on the card, um, a little more respect, some good storylines, all the things that we would give, like who cares if we have boobs? It does not matter. We should just write storylines the way we do for the men, for the women. Uh, And if we keep doing that, then, you know, we will, we'll be on the right track. But um, I also just think with, with more women in power, that will also help change things. And with people like Mickey, you know, asserting herself in this business and, and making sure that the women are heard, that is huge for us. No, and that makes a lot of sense, you know, not just having women in power, but even just like women behind the scenes, women behind the camera, women, you know, as producers, that's so many different things that can, you know, uh, just showcase the female talent a lot differently. And I think that's a really uh, great idea. And I love that because it is interesting to see, again, how everyone presents the women so differently. Uh, so I do want to ask you, because we've touched a little bit on your friends, you know, you mentioned hanging out with Gianna and Britt Baker and, you know, all of that. I do want to ask you, what's it been like to sort of see their growth you know two women that have gone on very different paths of their own and kind of being surrounded by that how has it been seeing them do their thing and also how does has it you know like motivated you yourself as well I mean it's awesome at one point it was me on Smackdown Deanna and Impact and Brit on Dynamite and it was just like how amazing is this how cool is this that we're best friends and we support each other and everyone's thriving and everyone's doing their own thing. I mean, it's amazing. I try not to look at other people. Like, I, how do I put this? I try to use myself as motivation and the things that I've done in the past or the things that I want to do instead of looking at other people because I don't want to be jealous of anyone or wish that I had what other people had especially in wrestling, everybody's stories and journeys are just so different, but either way, I'm so like excited for what they're doing. And they're both doing things that are pretty groundbreaking, but in totally different companies and in totally different ways. And I mean, it's, it's amazing to watch them every week and, and just like see the, the love that they're getting on social media too, is it's a long time coming. All of us came up together and it's really, really good to see good people thrive and succeed. I love it. It's empowering. It's so cool. And I did want to mention this too, because, you know, I know there's been this whole conversation about like, oh, women don't draw women, this and that. I feel like it's like, Every time I'm having a conversation about pro wrestling in general, one of the hottest topics on like every single podcast, it's like whatever show I'm discussing, it's always, you know, the people they want to talk about the women and there are people craving more for women's wrestling, you know, as a women's wrestler, how does that make you feel to see that there are fans, you know, clamoring for the respect of women's wrestling in general? I mean, I definitely felt that on empower at that NWA pay-per-view. I felt it. And I did not feel it from just the people in the locker room or the people at NWA. I felt it from everyone, men, women, kids, you know, everyone on social media was it. And it wasn't about women's wrestling. It was just like wrestling. Like this is just a 
good wrestling pay-per-view. Um, and, and that really felt amazing. I mean, I'm just really excited for the fact that we are all elevating each other. Everyone is stepping their game up and it's forcing this domino effect in a good way of, okay, we need to do better. We need to be better. We need to, you know, like train more and this and that. And and I really think it's working. That's really great. So now I have one more question and then we're going to move on to the lightning round question. So my last question I have to ask you because it's just like, I feel like anything can happen. Ideally, where would you like to see yourself in the next few years? Ideally. Oh man, honestly, that's so hard. And I don't, I wish I knew because here's the thing. I I have the choice and I know that. And yet I'm here doing everything. So I don't know that I can even give you an answer because I can't even decide in this moment. And if I did decide, I would be there and not working everywhere. (laughs) I love it. Work everywhere. Collect all the paychecks. I'm with you, girl. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into the lightning round portion. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to ask you 10 very random questions and you just answer them however you please. So here we go. Are you guys ready for the lightning round with Chelsea Green? Question number one. If you could have starred in the lead of any movie ever, which one would it have been? Oh, probably like Wonder Woman or some sort of superhero or super villain movie. Yes. Oh my gosh. That would be so cool to like see you in like even like the TV shows or anything like that. It be an action movie. Yes. Question number two. What's one makeup item that you cannot live without? Chapstick and lotion. Oh, I yes. keep those in every single bag. Little mini chapsticks and lotions everywhere. Very underrated. Question number three. What is an unusual fear that you have? Fish. Really? Fish? Not cute little like Nemo fish. Like I'm just terrified. If it's not colorful, I don't want it anywhere near me. I'm terrified of it. I don't want to walk past it at the grocery store and it stare at me from the ice trays. Nothing. Oh my gosh. Have you seen those like massages that people get where they put like their feet into like a bowl of fish? I, I watched my girlfriends do it in Thailand and I said, hell no, uh-uh, nope. <laughs> Question number four, what's the most embarrassing thing that you've said or done around someone you had a crush on? Um, well, probably when um, I got, I told Matt I could not sleep over at his house when we first met and then I got locked out of my apartment and then I had to call him back and ask him if he could not only come pick me up after he had just dropped me off and got home, but he had to come pick me up and let me sleep over. Well, at least it worked out, right? Like you got someplace to stay and you ended up being with him. Thank God. Because yeah, that was definitely embarrassing to <laughs> call someone like on the second date and be like, actually, I'm locked out of my house and I don't know how to get back in. <laughs> that is so cute. Uh, question number five, what is your favorite Halloween themed movie? I mean, Hocus Pocus, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously. But I am going to, I think tonight I might watch um, Halloween. Oh, yes. Good one. Good one. But I'm all with you on Hocus Pocus. Uh, question number six. What's the last thing you remember ordering online? Oh, my gosh. I, I just literally found an Amazon gift card last week um, in our drawers because Matt hoards them. And I spent $200 on uh, all Amazon workout sets. Oh, good. That's pretty good. Yeah, people don't know. If you go on Amazon, you can find the best workout sets 
And I live for Lululemon, but I swear by these workout sets on Amazon, they are like Lululemon knockoffs. Oh, wow. And then you get like good deals, good prices, good quality. $25. I wear them all the time when I'm flying. I wear my little Amazon set. So I look cute and put together, but really it's just workout gear. No, that is adorable. I feel like all the, like, I feel like workout clothes is so expensive. Like you even try to go to Target and they're charging you like so much for like one item, not even the set. Target is kind of overpriced and I love Target. And I will always go to Target, but it's kind of overpriced. It totally is. 100%. Uh, This leads me into my next question. Question (laughs) number seven. If you could max out your credit card at one store and not pay the bill, which store would you choose? I think as I'm getting older, I would pick Pottery Barn. Oh, yay. They have so many cute stuff, though. I know. And, like, I I probably, like, I love Lululemon and I, I love, like, all my shoes. But I am very much... I could live in shorts and a t-shirt forever. Um, And I don't really wear makeup. We were talking about this and I don't really have like an addiction to anything, but I just am obsessed with interior decorating and home furnishings and stuff like that. No, it's so because cute. I'm 30 now. I'm old. No, I got to tell you, there used to be this game that I was obsessed with where you like design virtual homes. Have you ever tried that? I think you might like it. It's um, like... A- it's like this random app that I found online and it was so relaxing. Like it was so enjoyable. I would absolutely love that. So you feel free to let me know what that is. (laughs) Definitely will. And it's so much, I think when people don't realize how much fun it is to like design your own, like living space. Uh, Question number eight, have you ever been starstruck? I always think I'm going to be starstruck. And then I, meet the person and I realize that they're totally just normal people. Um, and the minute that someone's actually in front of you in the flesh, I think it like humanizes them, you know, it does. So, yeah. So no, not really. Um, which is crazy. I mean, I definitely got nervous all the time over, over triple H, but that's more because he's my boss. I feel like bosses always give you like, like they're kind of intimidating, even if they don't try to be, they just have that aura. They're just your boss and they can fire you at any moment. (laughs) So it's a little bit scary, but even, even Triple H, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. He's, he's also a human and you know, we all put our pants on the same way when we wake up in the morning. That is very true. Question number nine. What is your favorite dessert? Oh, I don't discriminate. I literally love all desserts. I love key lime pie. I love a brownie sundae. I love a Mickey ice cream bar. I love, I don't even care as long as it's sweet. Lately, I have been eating like eight Oreos a night. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, you can't tell at all. If I ate or eight Oreos, I'd be like feeling it the next day. <laughs> it's so bad. It's yeah, I've, I've got on an Oreo kick thanks to Brian Myers. He brought it up during COVID and I got myself a pack of Oreos. I hadn't had Oreos in like 10 years. I haven't been able to stop. Do you do like the double stuffed Oreos? Yes. And then one time I tried um, mega stuffed. Oh, okay. It's like almost three in one, right? Yeah, it was a little much. I think I'm more of a double stuffed kind of girl. So the mega stuffed thing kind of made me feel a little bit sick. Um, But I still ate all three of them. So, (laughs) Well, they're good. They're worth it. Uh, Last question. Question number 10. Name something that's on your bucket list right now. Um, To travel to Africa. Ooh, yes. Would you do like to do like this, like jungle safaris and stuff like that? Like get up close with the animals. 
I want to do a little bit of everything. I want to go to the coast. I want to do safari and like desert land. I would love um, to hike Mount Kilimanjaro. There's so many things there that I would just love to do. Um, but because Matt is not as much of an explorer, we'll probably be doing like resort life in, in Africa. Yeah, that is so cool. Awesome. Well, I do hope you get to eventually do your trip to Africa because it sounds really fun and adventurous. Chelsea, I want to thank you so much for doing this interview with me. It was really great to have you on. Before we go, please feel free to plug in anything you'd like to plug in. I mean, I guess if you haven't listened to Green with Envy, you can listen every single Monday on all digital streaming platforms, basically all. Um, and you can also follow me on all social media platforms at Green WNV Pod. Awesome. I'm going to go ahead and share the links to everything in the description box of this video. Guys, please do not forget to give this video a like, subscribe to the channel. Other than that, I'm Denise Salcedo. This is Chelsea Green, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody.